Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098 and we'll get Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. It's Friday, and we are recapping and reviewing the 2017 NBA draft. Where does it rank? How many young kids, sleepers, who got the best players, and obviously the trade of the night. So give us a call. 718-664-9098. 718-664-9098. Like always, RayandTayToday.com. Ray and Tay Today on Twitter, iTunes. We're, we're everywhere. We're social. Check us out, Instagram, everywhere. Ray, <clears throat> when we talk about this draft and people remember it in five years with all the talent and 16 out of 30 picks freshmen, the Butler trade, what's the first footnote? that people are going to point to and remember from this plethora of talent? So two things come to mind. One, I don't know that there is a superstar in this draft. I think there are some talented players, and I think a lot of people will contribute to NBA rosters and be starters and maybe, you know, all-stars, but I don't know that there's, that there's a star of stars in this draft. That's one The second thing is this might be the draft that breaks this one and done. With 16 freshmen going in the first round, this might be the straw that breaks the camel's back and the NBA and the NCAA get together and they change the one and done rule. Maybe it's something like college does with MLB. Well, it's totally up to the NBA. It has nothing to do with college. And Commissioner Silver already said – that he knows it's time to fix it. It's up to him and the Players Association. So that's who's got to really, you know, roll up their sleeves on this one. Okay. And the Players Association, you know, there's some mixed incentives, right? Nobody represents the college kids. Everybody represents the Players Association Association represents the current player. But we're trying to look out for the college player, right? The kid that's 15, 16, 17 right now. So maybe it's like baseball. Maybe you can get drafted out of high school and then maybe not for two years after that. Um, you know, this, I'm glad that the, the American kids aren't running off to Australia and to France and to Europe. Now, there are onesies and twosies, but at least it's not a whole-scale, you know, a full-scale mass exodus to, you know, foreign countries to play for a year and then come back. Well, right, like Terrence uh, Ferguson did, and, you know, kudos for him for getting, you know, drafted um, with OKC, and it's good, right? It's a good story because I guess things didn't work out at Arizona, and let's start there, Um, you know, sort of outside of the lottery, and you have someone like a Ferguson potentially, you know, so skinny, but really can shoot, can play defense. You had Sean Miller reported saying that, you know, on their 19 and under team, he was, you know, the best two-way player, one of the best players on the team. But let me ask you this. When you look at guys like him, and then even all the way down to 22, a Jared Allen from Texas, 
how do you feel in sort of the later part of the first round some of these teams did, and do you think anybody got a steal, sort of, i.e., like the Sacramento Kings maybe getting uh, Harry Giles? What, what are your thoughts, uh, thoughts, like, you know, outside of the lottery down to 30? So I thought that there were some th- – this was a very deep draft, and I thought that there are people – even 20 to 30 that are going to contribute. So you mentioned Terrence Ferguson. You mentioned Jared. No relation to Harry Allen. Yeah. The Raptors, OG Ananube. If yeah. he doesn't tear up his knee, and he doesn't do a complete knee, knee shattering, he's a top six or seven talent. This guy, you know, so, so the Raptors, I'm sorry, the Pacers get themselves somebody really good. Uh, even Tyler Lydon from Syracuse, he can shoot. He's going to light it up in Denver. Um, Tony Bradley from North Carolina, right? Great move. They can figure out, you know, how to how to kind of shape this talent. The problem is the NBA is not teaching. You know, the NBA is pretty much you got to learn yourself. It's it's kind of on the job training. So hopefully he knows. The guy didn't even play at, at North Carolina serious minutes, but when he did, well, you know now Ray, they have the two way contracts. So with the new G League, which Gatorade is sponsoring and took away the D, the new G League is in a year or two going to have a, a probably a team for every franchise. This year, the Clippers will have their own team. But in doing so, the positive is is that. The two-way contract, as I, as I seem to understand it, is that so the 15-man roster is almost like a 17-man roster because there's two to four players at the end of the bench that can go back and forth um, throughout the season to the D- G League and back to the pros. So it's almost like in a way you've got a 17-man roster um, because two guys can you know always trade up and come to the, the big team. So that's kind of interesting that the NBA, you know, did that. And that shows that the current players are looking out for the new young players. And that, that should be a pretty cool experiment. Plus the fact, Ray, we're going to have sponsorship on the jerseys. I don't know if you've seen some of these yet, but we are entering a whole new NBA this season, um, let alone what's going to happen in free agency. Are you annoyed by the jersey sponsorship or you feel like it's just like they're finally catching up to, you know, soccer, you know, uh, football in, in Europe and everything. Huh? You're breaking up. I'm annoyed by it. Remember, in oh. Europe, what they don't have, they don't have commercials, right? But in basketball, you have commercials. So you don't need to be putting Jersey sponsorships on there, Disney in Orlando and Goodyear in, in uh, uh, Cleveland. So I don't like it, frankly. Look, it's not the whole Jersey. But still, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I, I do think it's going to be a bit weird, Ray. And, you know, I guess it'll be our, our kind of new normal. But sometimes change is not good just <laughs> for the sake of change. Hey, great story. And, and I want to know what you think about this guy. We all know the story. He was homeless, lost 100 pounds. But Caleb, a.k.a. Biggie Swanigan, you know, gets, uh, you know, drafted later on at 25. Um, I guess it, it's the, I'm sorry, was it 26? The Bla- yeah, 26 with the Blazers. How do you think he fits in in Portland? And, and how, how cool is, is this story in terms of, you know, an old school sort of post-up player getting, the, getting a shot in the first round and what he's been through in his life? So, 
you don't know the story, go check it out. But in what did they say? In middle school, he weighed something like three hundred pounds. pounds. Yeah, three hundred. That's Yeah, that's outrageous. So he worked himself into shape. You know, he had he had issues at home, but. Kudos to him, man. I, I want to see this guy succeed. You know, we, we try to be neutral and whatever, but no, no. I want this guy to succeed. And hopefully his game is is pretty impressive. You know, I, I don't know why he dropped to 25, 26, I should say. Yeah. But to me, if you just looked at his numbers, I guess I, guess I do know why, right? It's a different NBA. Just oh, it's like, a different NBA. He's a dinosaur. Yeah, just, like, just like Dwight Howard – you know, 10 years ago. I don't think he dropped. Ago. It's almost like a surprise he's in the first round, right? <laughs> no, his productivity in the Big Ten was pretty impressive. To be, you know, what was he, like 19 and 12 in the Big Ten? No, no, I'm just talking was... about the, the projections and the mock drafts. They had him borderline 27 to like 33. So I was happy that he was, you know, 26. I, I thought that was good. I mean, we, we saw him play in a tournament and then all season. He's, he's legit. Yeah, he's legit, and and you root for a guy like that. So so good for him, Caleb. Do your thing. I'll be watching some Blazer games. So let's go back up to the top, and then we have to talk about a team that normally no one gives love to and rip in, in the Kings. But we'll get to them in a minute. Um, obviously, we we're, we're trusting the pro- process. They made the trade, give up you know a sort of semi protected one next year with the Lakers pick or the year after with Sacramento's pick the Sixers switching with Boston and they get that Markel Fultz. I, I, I definitely like it. We talked about this last show in terms of what they're going to have, but I want to ask he you. He better be good of, though. He better huh? be good because I said he better be good because, you know, chances are if you believe Danny Ainge, he would have been there at three. <laughs> yeah, no, right. That's uh, <clears throat> that could be hard to swallow, right? Because next year's pick, you know, not, not a great draft. But, you know, yeah, there's going to be at least five or six top players in next year's draft that might be fascinating, led by Michael Porter Jr. But when you start at number two, no matter what you say about a father or any father, I have to give so much credit to LeVar Ball for basically getting all three kids scholarships at UCLA. Uh, Leangelo's the second, and he's a freshman coming up in the fall there. But before the lottery even happened, he said his son Lonzo Ball would be playing for the Lakers. And it happened. And, you know, sometimes people don't believe in positive thinking and speaking things into fruition and whatever. But you know what? This guy was – it happened. And, and, you know, kudos to him, big baller, his sons, all that. Now it's time for him to step back, and I think he will because he knows Lonzo's in the right hands with Magic Johnson and the Lakers – do you think now with Lonzo being there and the type of player he is, instantly he makes this roster better, but will veteran free agents want to go play with a great passing point guard? Yes and yes, and playing for Magic Johnson can only be good because I think Magic is, is the one single person out there in basketball you know, management that can both understand Lonzo and be able to put Lonzo and LaVar in check a little bit, LaVar more than Lonzo, but, but, and say, look, man, I hear where you're coming from. I'm a self-made billionaire. 
I do my thing, but, you know, there's a way to do it and there's a way to do it. So I think – and they'll listen to him, I have a feeling. So to me, it's, it's, it's the perfect match. You know, sometimes when, when, when you have the outspoken father and there's been so much pub, you almost want him to get out of L.A., right? You'd almost want him to go to Chicago. Or right, go to go away, to, right. Orlando, or go someplace. Well, not Chicago, Where? Ray. You don't want anyone playing in Chicago. <laughs> well, all right. Well, so, so maybe I'm, I'm, talking, <laughs> I'm talking at least a few-hour plane ride from your hometown, so you know you can you get away from your, you know, get away from your homies and, and your comfort zone. But I think in this case, with Magic being there to be the ultimate mentor, perfect. It's perfect, and I really – I think this kid is special. I think I really do. I think this kid is special. Uh, at the very least, he energizes a team, and like you said, people want to play with him. Anybody that passes like he does and anybody that has the court vision that he does and okay. has the willingness to pass first is a guy that people are going to love playing with. You said it, Ray, and it's totally contagious. And you know what? Already, remember, Jason Kidd out of Cal shot like 26% from the three-point line. Uh, and, you know, obviously he improved in Hall of Fame career. But Lonzo's coming in shooting 41% from UCLA. We don't like his form. It can be fixed. But he's not, you know, the, all these kids have to get stronger, right? They're 19. You see Jonathan Isaac looks like a toothpick at number six pick. But Lonzo is 6'6". Six, six. He's got a nice frame. He, you know, starts to eat and lifts weight. He's going to be a very solid, strong point guard, not a superior athlete, you know, like a Russell Westbrook or De'Aaron Fox or John Wall, but a very formidable, um, pure point guard at 6'6". So I'm happy for them. Ray, let's talk real quick about Boston and Phoenix before we get to Sacramento and the Bulls and the trade with Jimmy Butler. Um, With the Celtics, at number three, I think it was worth it because when you can trade down and you get a Jason Tatum who honestly can play three, can play four, you know, play along with Jalen Brown, this guy to me is someone I would not trade because you get character, athleticism, and he's just got that want to about him. And he wakes up with 20 points, you know, coming out of the bed. So to me, I thought it was a perfect pick. And to me, you can use other items and, and, and other draft picks to go get, um, you know, Blake Griffin or whatever you want. They can sign Gordon Hayward. But you know what I mean? You could use Jalen Brown if you need to. Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Isaiah Thomas might need to go. So, to me, Jason Tatum is a keeper, and especially in positionless basketball, like the Warriors and everybody starting to play in this league. Tatum is sort of like a 2-3-4, and he can probably guard 2-3-4 eventually. So I, I love that for the Celtics. You, you give Danny Ainge a lot of credit, plus the SMU kid in the second round, Semi, your boy from Duke. Um, that was another nice little pickup for the Celtics, right? Yeah. Ainge is definitely earning his stripes as an elite GM. If, in fact, Jason Tatum was his guy all along, can't play with Isaiah Thomas, and you got to trade one of the, the two. And he was able to get that, you know, run the okie doke on on the Sixers. Then even more kudos. But I think you're 100% right. Uh, There are two people in this draft 
maybe three, because I, I don't know how to score in the pro. Malik Monk, uh, Jason Tatum, and Markel Foles are the three, I would call them elite scorers in this draft. And Jason Tatum is pure, like you said, offensively. He can play the three, he can play the four, and you're right. Jalen Brown was a lottery pick. I think ultimately Jalen Brown leaves and, and, and package and they try to get some, uh, you know, some veterans. But yeah, Jason, man, he's gone number one overall. He's that talented, and he's exactly what they need. Remember, think about other than Isaiah Thomas, right? If things break down, and you know, who else on that team can score? Marcus Smart's high volume shooter. Are you going in and out, right? Years. There you go. All right. So, and the Boston, Boston doesn't Isaiah Thomas, anybody that's a pure scorer, a lot. Yeah, no, definitely. So, um, going to Phoenix, listen, I know Josh Jackson didn't want to go to Boston because there's too much talent in his position. Maybe he kind of jerked them around the wrong way. People have, you know, silly concerns, you know, about his mother and questions about his incident about, you know, the car and Kansas and the ticket and whatever. I'm going to tell you this. In five years, we could easily be saying that it should have been Jackson Tatum ball faults or Fox ball faults. I mean, you know, it could switch. But I can tell you this. We both know this. Josh Jackson, he does have to get more of a pure shot, but his mid-range, his athleticism, his just toughness, his defense, this guy is going to be perfect with Devin Booker. Because Devin Booker is pure buckets, but he doesn't necessarily love to play D. But then when you have Bloodsell, Booker, and Jackson, the Phoenix Suns, and you still got Len and Chandler, They've got to figure out how to get, you know, Chris and Bender at the four to develop. But if you ship Brandon Knight out of there and, and, and try to get, you know, a nice bench piece of power forward or, or even a better starter power forward, the Phoenix Suns, Ray, right with the Minnesota Timberwolves, are, are two young teams in the West that are going to be knocking on the door of some of these teams that were, you know, eight, seven, and six in the playoffs, whether you're talking about – you know, Portland, and you're talking about this team and that team. I was really impressed with the Phoenix Suns getting Josh Jackson. Do you think it's a, a, the right marriage and right fit in Phoenix for him? I'll be honest with you. I love Josh Jackson, and I love his game, and I think he'd be great for any team. So <laughs> Phoenix needs some athleticism, some defense. Some dogs. And – some dogs and let's go Josh Jackson all he the thing is a lot of these guys everybody has a floor right from one, yeah. one way or another but all this guy needs to do is shoot better not not that easy but you can do it there's some shooting coaches look at like a guy like Kawhi Leonard who comes in and, and wasn't known much as, as a shooter and he shoots you know almost 45% from three and 90% from the foul line if Josh Jackson can make half that improvement. He could be the best one on this whole list because he's truly the only two-way player that can be – you look at him now and could be elite two-way player on both sides. 
because of his defense, most of these guys can score, but because of his defense, or most of these guys, you know, are, are more polished offensively, uh, you know, especially in the top 10, 12 picks. But this guy, man, I'm telling you, Josh Jackson is, is got, he's got it. He's got the potential to be, to be really, really good. I mean, I'm talking about like a five, six, one of your picks for rookie of the year. If you had to give an early uh, pick, could he be in that running for rookie of the year? You know, I don't know because rookie of the year is typically a stat accumulator. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's going to be a guy who averages 18 to 20 a game and with Bledsoe and Booker on your team, I don't know that he will. But like you said, in five years, we might look back and say he's number one. So let's go to this. Number five, Fox. And, Ray, what I, what I like about Sacramento, we just, just their whole draft, not just the first round, but when you trade 10 and then bring that into, uh, what, 15 and, and 20 with Portland, and Portland takes Zach Collins, great pick, and then they get Biggie Swanigan. But for Sacramento, a team that, you know, is turning a new leaf, they got Buddy Hill, they got, you know, um, the Kentucky guys, um, both of them, Cauley Stein and Samuel, Le- Le- what is his name, Levin Bear or whatever. And you basically go with Fox, Justin Jackson, Harry Giles, and Frank Mason Jr. We're talking Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, and Kentucky, Blue Bloods. And productive players from Blue Bloods, except for Giles, but he was injured. And we know he could have been a top one or two pick. And that's where he was projected before the second uh, surgery of the ACL. Came back, you know, only had like four and four, not too many minutes for Duke. But he has the potential to be a future stud. How impressed with you, especially with sort of almost redoing, you know, their, you know, one and three position? Because if you go Fox, Buddy Hill, and Justin Jackson, that's a nice young three to start to develop. And you got to believe Frank Mason Jr. Ray will be a solid leader point guard off the bench that can get you buckets and lead your team. Tell me your thoughts on what Vlade Divac, Shaq, and the Kings finally did right. So I love their draft. I really do. They got, like you said, four blue blood uh, uh, programs. And what that means is that these guys know how to play. They know how to work. They're not knuckleheads. They're all good guys. They took a flyer on Harry Giles, which I'm okay with because they're a young team and that West is stacked. So you're not going to win that West without having, you know, a Harry Giles turn into Chris Weber, you know, the guy that he was projected to be coming out of high school. You're going to have to have one of those, you know, situations hit. And losing Boogie Cousins was a big deal, but you know what? They didn't want him, and they didn't want to give him that $40 million a year guaranteed contract. So start over, pull the plug, and, and I really think that this set of four guys are a bunch of guys that they could really build around. Now I'm looking at them, and I'm thinking, I don't know that De'Aaron Fox is Jason Kidd, right? He's fast, and he, he's a leader. You know, that's, that's the one thing you do know. You there, right? Doing things right. You're going in and out. Okay. Yeah, so I love it. I love it for the 
Yeah, no, we lost I, you for I a minute, but right, right. Sac- uh, Fox, and one thing Fox can work on is the long range shooting. He's got a little mid range, but he gets to the Baja. He, he can penetrate. He's a leader, great kid on and off the court. Um, Sacramento is, you know, really, really, I think, trying to turn the corner. And you're right, the risk on Giles is worth it. Let's talk about the Bulls in the trade. We know Jimmy Butler. It's a great fix for Minnesota with Thibodeau, two-way player. He's 27. He's a young veteran all-star to go with Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins. They do need a shooter. And to me, I don't know about keeping Rubio. So I would go try to sign a J.J. Redick just like I would tell the Sixers to do. So, But let's focus on the Bulls because we know the Timberwolves might have won the night in the draft just improving and getting such a stud in Jimmy Butler. But what are the Bulls doing? Because when I ask you this, right, if you say we're building for the future and you get Zach Levine, who is coming off knee surgery and then is going to be a a restricted free agent, so you might only have him for four months. Chris Dunn, I get it. Not a good rookie year. Didn't play so much, but, you know, has potential. Laurie Markinen at seven. Okay, you could debate it. it. You know, stretch four could be a decent shooter but then in the second round you get jordan bell a perfect pick and you trade it to the golden state warriors for three and a half million dollars that makes no sense you need young talent jordan bell is perfect explain to me why the bulls so dumb and cheap second round pick You got to get to a better spot. You, we keep you going. Phone's going in oh, and out. Oh man, sorry. Yeah, I don't know about the second round pick, right? Because that might be a, a cap capology thing. So, so let's focus on you know the Jimmy Butler trade. The one thing that bothered me all along was that they were dangling Jimmy Butler. Myself, he's your best player. So either <laughs> be all in with Jimmy Butler or trade Jimmy Butler. They ended up dragging it out for two years and trading him. But let's say that you really don't believe in Jimmy Butler, which obviously the Bulls don't. Um, did they get a decent return for it? You know, I, I thought they did okay. I thought given – once you make the decision to get rid of Jimmy Butler, to get a brand-new starting backcourt if you can keep Levine, and to get that stretch four in Laurie Markin is not bad. So, uh, you know, again, I would have kept Jimmy Butler, but I don't know that they had better offers on the table. So – It'd be interesting to see. I mean, the big thing is, can Zach Levine get healthy? Can they keep him? And like you said, is Chris Dunn the real deal? We loved him at Providence. We thought he would take Marco. Ricky Rubio's spot over there in Minnesota, but he didn't. And he's a defensive guy, which is kind of interesting. You would think that Tibbs would have had him, you know, a notch above Rubio. But, again, Rubio's got a little bit of that Alonzo ball in him. He makes people better. People love playing with him. He's a great passer. So, uh, you know, I don't love what the Bulls did, but I think we gotta let the we gotta let the next two or three years play themselves out. Okay, we gotta talk about it now. Our Knicks, our Knicks fans. We had Anthony Donahue on the show. We knew this could happen, right? They take Frank Nilakina from France, maybe via Belgium, six five. He came over two days before, leaving his championship series, flew right back. Looks like he could be decent. But, right at nine, Dennis Smith was on the clock, goes to Dallas, their future point guard, superior 48-inch vertical athlete, NC State, a little bit of a knucklehead, but super talent. And then at 11, Malik Monk, 
who is just buckets, dropped 40, what, seven on North Carolina, um, just makes and takes clutch shots, goes at the Hornets 6-3, you know, kind of like a Curry coming out from Davidson. Oh, he's not a one, he's not a two, but yeah, he's 6-3 like Curry. And guess what? He was a one before he went to Kentucky. So maybe it's something he can, you know, redo and redevelop because scoring point guards in the league is the way the league is. So to me, this kid has got a lot of pressure. What are your thoughts? And do you think Phil did good drafting another European? And at least he didn't trade Porzingis. And of course, the owner Dolan during the performance was getting booed down in the village somewhere at some wine performance on the harmonica looking foolish. Just ridiculous. Tell me about the Knicks, Ray. You know, <laughs> and we did sign Nigel on. Hayes. We got Nigel Hayes um, and, and Canyon uh, Barry, Rick Barry's son. So I like those undrafted signings. But tell me about the Knicks. Right. I'm going to keep it on the court, right? I'll, I'll keep all that Dolan stuff <laughs> to the side. You know what? It really comes down to Dennis Smith and this guy, Frank. So if Dennis Smith is in the, I personally would have taken Dennis Smith because I think you, you see him, you know what he is, NC State, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, – you get in his head, this guy has superior talent. Um, the kid from France, I frankly haven't seen him. Uh, I've just seen clips of him. I haven't seen any games. I haven't seen him for full 48 minutes or 40 minutes, however long they play in Europe. So, look, he did do, and I, and I think Phil as a GM gets maybe a D thus far. Um, he did have, you know, our, our boy, the Latvian sensation, fall into his lap, and I'm hoping that lightning strikes twice on the European you know, on the European front. So, again, I would have taken one of the two point guards, and let's hope that we got the right one. Let's hope that Dallas didn't get their point guard for 15 years in this draft. So, time will tell. Time will tell. But I'm glad that we still have Chris Stapps on the team, and you got to figure out what's going on with Carmelo. Definitely. And I can move him. Yeah. So, we'll be off. We'll be back next Friday. And, and Ray, free agency is really around the corner um, everything starts off July 1st, so we'll be on right before it starts again. But today, Chris Paul and, and Blake Griffin, you know, they opted out. Um, I'm at a place where I feel like these guys don't want to come back to the Clippers. And I don't know what you think about it, but, you know, I think, you know, on the eve of July 1st, we come on June 30th, I think we're going to be hearing the rumblings and the rumors of Chris Paul going to the Spurs and Blake Griffin, you know, potentially, I don't, I don't even know where, maybe Lakers, maybe the Kings, maybe who knows. But what are your feelings and thoughts about sort of this Clipper run? Is it over? And are they about to lose their two best players? I think it's over. To blow it up, we always said that Doc Rivers assembled a fairly decent team. I mean, the only thing they were missing was a small forward, which is not trivial. But but you tell me that you have Griffin and Paul and Jordan and you know Reddick and Crawford and Karam Butler, you know all these guys, uh, Pierce. 
you should be able to do more than you've done. And so this team, for whatever reason, never did it. So at least one of them, if not both of them, have to go. And I think Chris Paul is at a point where he really, really needs to, you know, try to be a, a point guard on a championship team. He's got maybe two or three good years left in him, and it's not happening in, in L.A. Blake Griffin, you could argue, you could you could be a lifer in L.A., and, and Bombers got the money, and, and if Jerry West goes there, you know, and, and helps turn it around, you know, maybe you could see Blake Griffin staying, but, but Chris Paul's got to leave. So before we end real quick, did you like the last two picks of the first round as the Spurs – Always seem to get somebody pretty decent, and this time they go for six three six four uh, point guard from Colorado, Derek White, who looks like he's a pretty solid player. Um, I was impressed with that, and then I do like the Lakers just taking a veteran winner, uh, champion, and Josh Hart from Villanova. Uh, later in the second round, they got Thomas Bryant from Indiana. What'd you think about uh, Hart and Derek White for the Spurs and Lakers to end, end the first round? I like both of those picks. Like you said, the Spurs always tend to take value because they know they'll be picking in the late 20s. And you know what? I want to roll. Talk about in a foxhole. I want to roll with Josh Hart. He's <laughs> not the biggest. He's not the strongest. He's not the most talented but he just gets it, and he gets it done. And I'm sorry if this guy stayed for four years. He shouldn't be penalized for that. He won a national championship. This guy is a player. I want him on my team. Totally agree. Before we go, give me your uh, top three teams. We won't do losers, but in terms of winners, it's hard to judge it. You really need three to five years. But just first brush on draft night, give me – doesn't have to be in any order, but your top three teams and what they did on draft night. I think I'd like to start with the Celtics, trading down, potentially getting the guy they wanted anyway, and picking up a, a first-rounder next year. Love that pick. Um, you know, another team we talked about that did, that did fairly well, Sacramento Kings, traded yep. back, got two picks for it, took a high flyer. So I'm, I'm cool <laughs> with that. Uh you know what? And I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go with. It's kind of an easy pick, but I'm gonna say the Lakers. Uh, you know, I think they got their point guard of the future, in Lonzo Ball, and also a guy that helps you attract people. We we talked about that. And then at the back end of the first round, I think they got some 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 good solid role players, and even in the second round. So not not only for their number two pick, but actually from what they did later in the draft, I like what the Lakers did. Yeah, I can't disagree with you on those. Just to be a little different, because I like all three of those, um, I I got to definitely go with Sacramento. I, I like, you know, the, the four Blue Bloods. Um, when you get Fox and Frank Mason for your backcourt, Justin Jackson for the three, and maybe a potential Harry Giles getting healthy, and he could wind up being like a lottery pick in himself. I think Sacramento did great for themselves. I got to go with trust the process. Um, I like some of their second round, four different picks. They got some talent there, but I think Markel Fultz with Ben Simmons, I think he's Markel Fultz is in the right spot. He's a, a Maryland kid to map the high school. And he just, he can score making difficult shots. And that's got a little Steph Curry in him. And I like that. He's, he's just, he's a, he's a shot maker. And I think he's going to do really well. So I would say King Sixers and, 
you know, I'm tempted to say the Suns because of Josh Jackson and, and, and being out here with Phoenix. But at the same time, you know, I, I think I just got to give it to Minnesota because to me, when you, you know, basically you give up the seventh pick, it's, you know, we don't know what that is. And Levine is a dunk contest guy, but he was not really doing it on the court in terms of being a pure two. And he's not a pure one. And, you know, you still have a point guard in Rubio. You have cap room to sign Derek Rose or Lowry or somebody at the point, maybe trade Rubio, but you bring in Jimmy Butler. It makes you a legitimate anywhere from five to eight seed in the West. That and, and, and Thibodeau knows him, right? He's Thibodeau, Thibodeau knows him. And he's self-made, Ray. We saw this kid come from Marquette go from, I don't know how many points a game, to 13 points, then to 20 points, then to 26, 27 points a game. This guy made himself an Olympic guy, made himself an all-star, and he's a two-way player at 27 years of age. So when you have a two, three, and four of Butler, Wiggins, and Towns, you're going to go places. Now you just put in some shooters and other players around them, and away Minnesota goes. So – I got to say Kings, Sixers, and Timberwolves, and much props to the Phoenix Suns. And you know me, I love Zach Collins, so I'm happy Portland got him. I just think that kid himself is, is going to be something special in five years, gets more size. But he's got great hands, Ray, great hands. So it was fun. It was a good draft and very entertaining. I like some of the suits. I didn't like some of the suits. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's not the know. football draft, but yeah, they had some. Uh, they yeah. But I'll say this: the mothers, some of the mothers were looking really nice. I got to give them credit, you know. Some of the moms, I was like, "Go ahead, moms," you know. So, you know, and um, I like the story of what was it? I think it was uh, Jason Tatum's mom has got a, I think a PhD or two masters, and Jason Tatum used to go to college with her and sit in the back of the room. You know, some great stories. Really, some um, some great stories. So. Hey, we wish them all well. They're, uh, you know, <laughs> already a, a great success, and um, it's going to be fun. So we'll be back next week. Everybody have a great sports weekend. Check out the Rockies and Dodgers this weekend, a battle. Diamondbacks just won two out of uh, three from the Rockies. So, you know, the Dodgers and Rockies will battle. Um, Big Poppy tonight, Ray, gets retired. Only, what, the 11th uh, jersey ever in Red Sox history? Pretty amazing. Like yeah, big big David Ortiz drive. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of good stuff. And we would we, we can't go on off without saying this. Twenty five million dollars a year. One hundred and twenty five million for five years. Forty million guaranteed. Congratulations to Mr. Derek Carr. Wow, Ray. <laughs> I can stop calling him David Carr, are you saying? Yes, you better call him Derek, like Derek X on the on, on the spizot. On the flex. <laughs> on the flex. Right. Yeah, so. have a great sports weekend. We'll see you next week. We Oh, don't forget, we got some awards. We got uh, NBA Awards out. Monday night. We got the BET Awards Sunday night. They said Drake is hosting, Nicki Minaj performing. Bruno Mars starring at the BT Awards. It's going to be an award Sunday and Monday, so it should be fun. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you next Friday. We're out.